Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Yeah. Uh. I tell them welcome to the gray area. And stay away just in case you ain't real enough to relate. Every other Thursday, politics to the chips. Get up on this wave. <laughs> Now tell me what's to talk about. Cause we the only thing to talk about. How you keep reality in check. Just keep it real rapping. Don't gossip with the facts. Yeah. Odell Beckham. Arguably the most divisive football player in the last 15 to 20 years of New York sports history. And we are going to talk about it. This is The Gray Area, and I am your host, Ray Jarvis. Showtime! Woo! For this episode, needless to say, we're going to talk about maybe my favorite player in the NFL. So my cards are on the table off the rip. I feel like he's one of the most vilified players we've seen in the last 15 years. I feel like his narratives always get twisted and turned to, to benefit people who want to speak against him. And I have a guest here who's been on the gray area, a friend of the show, the homie, Greg Polius. Welcome back, my brother. Let's talk about some Odell Beckham B. Definitely. What's going on? Glad to be back. So you have here a player who burst onto the scene with otherworldly talent and actual generational talent. And he's been in the league, what, seven years? Yep. And out of those seven years, he's probably had elite QB play maybe two of those years. And some way, somehow, his production gets sidelined because of his, no pun intended, his sideline antics when people actually don't pay attention to what's really happening. They say he's a bad teammate. They say, you know, he doesn't care about winning. He cares about, you know, his social life, but have actually never listened to anyone in the NFL locker room that he's been in where they say he's one of the best teammates they've ever had. Slow down, slow down, Greg. Let, let You know what? I was going to wait for that point in the episode, but since we're here and you've set the tone, let's take it there. I go through social media. I see all of these comments over and over again. Bad locker room guy, bad teammate, diva, divisive presence in the locker room, cancer, so on and so forth. And when you read the articles and, and the press clippings, you go on YouTube, wherever you get your sports media, right? I have yet to see one player outside of Eli Manning have anything sideways at all to say about Odell Beckham. So when, when I hear these things from the people, It makes me so confused because it's like, where are you getting your information from? What, what, what can you show me? What, what situation can you point me to that indicates that Odell Beckham is a bad teammate? And most of the time, you know what they do? They run to the instance when he played the Panthers and, and, and you know, he bugged out. Facts are the facts. He bugged out in that Josh Norman situation. But if you consider the facts and what they were doing, calling him out of his name pregame, calling him the, the F word, basically being super homophobic, I mean, as a man, athlete or no athlete, you, you can't stand for that. We just saw the other day in the Saints game, 
his, his chin strap got pulled. Or not his <laughs> mouth guard, excuse me. And he popped on that cornerback. We don't even see him getting dragged in the mud. Odell Beckham not- got called a, 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 a homosexual slur, right? <laughs> Lost his mind, and now he's a cancerous teammate. Help me understand the science behind that. You're an athlete. Take, take me inside the mind of that. So when you're on the field of play, whether it's baseball, football, there's going to be trash talk. And as a man, there are certain things you don't stand for. And in that moment, in the heat of that moment, you don't care how it looks to the people that are watching. You're going to defend your honor as a man. Point blank. Period. Period. Because I've been in situations where I've gotten into fights because dudes have started talking crazy. And does that mean I'm, I'm a wild, reckless individual and I don't care about winning? You know, no. It means that somebody crossed the line on the field. The people outside watching have no idea what's going on, but just know that I'm not going to let this man talk to me like this and get away with it. I mean, and and, and this is what we're talking about here, right? We, we go across sports, and my argument is baseball players and hockey players have all kinds of fights, but because that's intertwined into the culture, that's okay. But the minute a football player, excuse me, a wide receiver does something that goes against air quote, the locker room, you know what I mean? Now he's a, he's bad this and he's bad that. Let's go to Eli Manning, right? Mm-hmm. Let's Odell do that. Beckham. Matter of fact, let me, let me put my cards on the table first. I was on the get Eli out of here train at least two years before he retired. Eli Manning was a punch drunk quarterback with cinder blocks for feet who just didn't have it anymore. And when I say that, what I'm saying is, yes, he can make certain throws. Yes, to the eyes, it looks like he can make certain plays. But when it came to standing in the pocket and being willing to take the hit in order to make the play down the field, oh, excuse me, Eli Manning wanted no parts of that. This is why when you watch the Giants play, when they had a good team that made the playoffs, right? We, we, we spent most of that season running quick slants. The, the, the vertical offense was nearly non-existent that year. So for, for people to tell me now that Odell Beckham is somehow a bad teammate, somehow a cancerous presence, somehow not the guy, when the, set, the fact remains is he played with a quarterback who was done and made him look better than he was for years prior to his retirement is beyond me, Greg. I mean, let, let's really put all the cards on the table. Odell extended Eli's career, but his detractors don't want to talk about that. Right. You know, and here you have Eli, who in the latter part of his career is one of the most inaccurate quarterbacks in terms of, you know, throwing the ball to his receiver. I think at one point Odell was had one of the worst percentages, you know, of balls being thrown to him. Right. You know, so for for the, the criticism to say, oh, he doesn't want to work hard. He doesn't do this. It's like they're they're not watching the game, but instead listening to media narratives. And that's the problem. Like this whole narrative that you can't win with a diva wide receiver. Guys like Declan and people all, all across social media that that buy into the, this, this foolishness, because that's what it is. Foolishness. Yo, that, that <laughs> it's crazy to me because they buy into that foolishness. But then they want certain athletes that they hold up to high regard to be treated as human beings, right? But they don't want the diva wide receiver to be treated as a human being. So let me take, let me let you know where I'm going here. Okay. Imagine being the best player on the team. Imagine being the only reason the Giants are on prime time. The, the most sensational, at one point, excuse me, Odell Beckham was the most viral 
player in sports, not not even just the NFL. No one was more viral than NFL. I mean, than Odell Beckham. He, he he's on Instagram playing soccer, playing basketball. He's on a scene at Nick Games. The Q rating for the Giants went through the roof after the catch. I catch that Giants fans, those hypocritical Giants fans, love to hold up while Odell was there, only to say he became overrated after the catch when he's gone. Right. So now he's doing all of this, but every time something goes bad for the Giants, the spotlight is placed on him. But when you watch the actual games, the only reason half the time the Giants were ever in games was because of Odell Beckham. How is it that Eli escaped constant criticism, but the minute Odell Beckham blinked three times when he was supposed to blink twice, it was a problem. As a human <laughs> being, at some point you're gonna you're gonna get frustrated with that, no? Like, am I wrong in feeling as though? Odell ran out of patience with Eli because he kept getting blamed for things that was not his fault, Greg? Let me know. Not not at all. That's human nature. Especially when you know for a fact and people in that, that are on your team that are professionals know you are the best player on the football team. Yet you are here blamed for losses, for locker room behavior, and things of that nature. And where the media continuously pumps out these false narratives. Oh, you know? Well. And I mean, even going back to the playoff game, we just saw a post today that still blames the boat trip for him dropping three passes. This is crazy. Now hold on a second. <laughs> see, see, Greg, 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 you read in my mind. I was I was trying to tease people and build up to that because I already know the bozo segment of the Giants fandom is gonna bring up the boat trip. You know, I'm not gonna call names. You already called the name, but they don't even honestly, they don't even deserve the light because there's a whole clump of them. It's not just one or two guys. It's a whole Oh no, no, it's a it's, whole faction. It's a whole faction of them, million strong, right? That talk about this game with the boat trip. Now let's be clear. The fact that you even think that the boat trip is a problem is because you drones were told to think that. A lot of you fools, because I'm calling names now because I'm sick of you. You fools actually believe that your favorite athletes go to practice and then go home you guys are so <laughs> close-minded it is beyond me that you that you could think at such a low tier level you think that these players in between games just go home after practice they have entire lives especially young single players they're gonna be out in the mix once again to show you how hypocritical you was when you were hyped to see odell courtside at the nick game and, and he was making beautiful catches it was all good but the minute there's a bad playoff game oh my god he's such a cancer he's so selfish this and that what did he do wrong that was so selfish on his day off he didn't miss, ironically was he late to practice no did, did he do anything in between the games that indicate he was trying to make it about himself going into the green bay game no all he did was go on a boat to, to decompress before the playoffs and had a picture taken that that somehow became the poster for Giants failures. How come we not mad at Sterling Shepard, Greg? I don't hear anyone <laughs> talking about Sterling Shepard. He was on the boat too. There's a lot of guys on that boat. We don't hear about any of them. <laughs> this is crazy. This is beyond me. But because it's Odell Beckham, a guy that, and let's call it what it is, white Giants fans have been waiting to hate for a very long time. And now they're going to say, Jav, you're making this about race. No, I'm not. Because again, when Jav says things, it's because he's collected information. When I go on YouTube and, and I watch videos from this guy like Vic DiBetto, I think is his name, he never mm -hmm. liked Odell. And Vic DiBetto is the, the personification of that segment of Giants fans who only want to reside in the Giants way. I'm going to go on a rant for a second. You Giants nice. fans yo, who yo, reside you? On, on, in the Giants way are the reason the Giants are where they are right now. 
You guys still want to see football from the 80s. You want you want an eye formation running the football, and then you want to cry when the team loses. Yet the guy that you hate with the blonde hair was the reason asses were in seats in the first place. Again, when when the thing is, you hypocrites. When 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 Odell would catch the pass, the 10 yard slant, and take it 80 yards to the house, you guys fell out of your chair. You celebrated. You called him the best receiver in the game. Greg can co-sign this because people were calling like myself was calling Odell the best receiver in the game. And as soon as he starts to do things that you don't like, like pointing out the fact that your white quarterback wasn't any good anymore, it was a problem. I am sick of you hypocritical Giants fans who don't want to point out the fact that you just were jealous of the fact that a guy chose to stand up and do things that you're not comfortable doing because it does not fit the white Giants way. It's not factual. I'm not buying it. Listen, the same, the same one of y'all. Imagine this. Y'all got mad at Tiki Barber for talking facts. Now y'all mad at Odell. Y'all trying to, y'all trying to Tiki Barber Odell for speaking facts. Eli was cooked. Again, you think? Let me let me ask you, Greg. Do you think that the Giants would get Sunday night football games against the Cowboys in prime time? Not not the opening night game where it's a ratings grab. Mid season or end of season divisional championship on the line Sunday night football games if thirteen wasn't on the field. Absolutely not. So what are we talking about? Why are we talking who, who are we, about the who, are we, who are we watching with no thirteen on the field? We not watching Sterling Shepard. What are we talking about? We're not watching Victor Cruz, who was coming off one of the worst knee injuries ever. They were watching Odell Beckham. When Odell, let me look at the stats. When Odell came into the league, missed the first four games, still had 91 receptions, 1,300 yards, 12 touchdowns. Followed that with 96 receptions, 1,400 yards, 13 touchdowns. Followed that with 101 receptions, 1,300 yards, 10 touchdowns. He was a problem then, Greg? Make it make sense. He was washed up. He was no good. A cancer to the team. How much times can you count in the media, Greg? I'm still going. I'm sorry. Where you where you could ask that, or you could point out, I should say, that Odell demanded the football in the media. Can you, how, how often can you find that? I mean, let, let's really talk about it. There's there's none. <laughs> so how was he a cancer? Because he's emotional? Nah, nah. You you touched on it, and it's not even just white giant fans. It's white fans in general across Ooh, sports that on. have this notion of how black athletes are supposed to act. Mm. They don't like them going out of that realm and being outspoken. Once a black athlete is outspoken, it becomes a problem. Mm. I don't hear them complaining about Gronk or Brady when he throws his helmet and yells on the sideline. You, you've never seen that. And they're going to say, oh, well, Brady's a champion. No, I don't want to hear that. Keep that same energy. Because when Odell slams his helmet, he's a cancer. But when Brady does it, he's a great teammate and he's firing up his guys. It's beyond me. And then we could go back to that playoff game because there's a lot of truths that don't get spoken about in that playoff game. Should Odell have made those plays? Of course. Let's let's say yes. But if you go back and you watch those games, were they perfect balls? A couple of those passes were overthrows that Odell had to extend for. There was only one true drop of the three that people love to bring up from that playoff game. The other two were plays where the ball hit his hands as he was extending in Green Bay where it's hard as hell to catch passes and he didn't bring it down. Now all of a sudden it's a problem. It's beyond me to, to listen to them talk about this receiver in such a way when Eli, the following season, there was plenty of times where the rush was not even as close as it could be to Eli. And you know what he would do, Greg? He'd fall down. Plays weren't allowed to develop, right? The same Giants fans who wanted to kill McAdoo, who wanted to get Eli out of there and benched him for, for Geno Smith, are the same Giants fans who wanted Eli out of there the following year to, to, to start this bum Danny Dimes. Like, you hypocrites are beyond me. You you guys just want what you want when you want it, no, no matter the facts that are placed in front of you. 
Eli, if anything, ran out of whatever juice he had, the, the life extension that Odell Beckham gave him had run out, and because Odell was tired of getting blamed, and then guys like Gettleman who don't like loud black guys, let's call it what it is, going back, look how he, the same way he treated Norman, it's the same way he treated Odell out the door, and then you paid Odell only to trade him. So, the fact remains is a player, a professional athlete got tired of the nonsense, and you know how I know this is true? Because outside of New York media, Greg, Odell doesn't get killed like that. The national no, media doesn't not kill even Odell close. like this. So it is New York media who has an issue with Odell. If Odell was such a cancer, teams would not line up to have him on their squad. Right. Can you imagine what Odell would do with a Patrick Mahomes and cheat alongside him? Facts. And the funny thing was, Greg, to, to, I'm going to let you get it right back. San Fran, a team that just went to the Super Bowl, was willing to give the Giants the world, Right. And Giants fans celebrated getting Odell out of there, not realizing that Gettleman took a worse deal just to be spiteful to the player. So he put his personal feelings for the player in front of getting the better deal, which Stan Fran offered <laughs> for, for the success of the Giants. Make this make sense. You can't. And even just going back to the playoff game real quick, uh, you know, that you went on a rant about in terms of uh, fans not understanding that players have lives. A lot of these fans, you know, never traveled as an athlete facts when you finish playing you are free to do whatever you want i've been in vegas where guys have gone to the club for hours on end came out and balled out <laughs> you know what i'm saying does, does it matter if they played poorly you're not gonna say oh well it's because you were out no you are free to do what you want on your off day so i don't mean to revert back to the boat trip i had to get that off because it, it, it's such a, a silly narrative to paint that you have an issue with what a grown man does in his spare time because you like the sport, a sports team. No, no, no. It's because they, they, they have convinced themselves that professional athletes are supposed to be a thousand percent dedicated to the craft. Like we're still living off of tropes from 30 years ago. Social media <laughs> has shown that professional athletes play the sport on the night or the day of the game and have entire lives in between those games like like again let's talk about it you you see uh the last dance right michael mm -hmm. jordan was a degenerate gambler and he still won <laughs> championships what are we talking about got guys are allowed to have whole lives in between games jordan would probably gamble till the sun came up take people's money hop on the court and play so oh, uh, somehow correlating a boat trip to drops passes and wait, wait, let me, oh, let me put my brakes correlating a boat trip in warm ass Miami to a bad game in cold ass Green Bay. Ridiculous. It doesn't <laughs> add up, guys. You can keep trying it all you want. But this, the, the, the segment of Giants fans like myself who are sensible are going to call BS each and every time it was a, you know, if anything, it wasn't. The trip that had that that caused Odell to have the bad game. It was Odell's bad luck. It, only Odell could have that trip, have that story, and have possibly the worst game of his pro career. <laughs> Tell me about it. And then even now, right, with Odell on the Browns in a terrible situation mm -hmm. with Baker Mayfield, who is who at last season was arguably one of the worst quarterbacks in the league, still managed to put up seventy four, you know, over a buck and four TDs with statistically the most inaccurate quarterback in the NFL. Yet you'll have people say he he didn't have a good season. But what they don't even realize is he has set the bar so high that you think of him catching 74 balls for, for 1K is a bad season. 
Yo. When there are guys in the league that would kill for that. So for, for, for them to even like utter those words that he had a bad season last year without even looking at, you know, from a macro perspective, tells me that they are driven by narratives and feelings as opposed to actual facts. It's ridiculous, Greg. And then, and then you'll hear them say things like, oh, well, he got hurt in that Browns game. And look, Baker had his best game of the season. Oh, could you please shut the hell up? One hand does not watch the other in that regard. You cannot you cannot conflate these two things. He had he got hurt. Baker had a good game. It did so be it. It is what it is. Like like we we could say he got hurt. Baker had a good game, or we could talk about the fact that Baker threw a ball that he shouldn't have thrown in the first. He threw a bad ball, not a, he shouldn't have thrown. Yeah. It. He threw a terrible ball to Odell, which got intercepted and forced Odell, one of the ultimate competitors of the NFL, to try and make a play. We never the same, about the the fact same that terrible super, teammate that they talk about tried to teammate. make a play because of his teammates' poor play. Let's talk about it. This guy, if anything, he's one of the most competitive players in the league. Because we could go back to that Norman game. He dropped, no one talked about a boat trip. He dropped that bomb. On top of the fact that his head was already spinning from being called whatever he was called pregame. He dropped that pass. Had arguably the worst professional experience of his career. And still, when the game was on the line. 13 still made a play. He, he made multiple plays and caught the game tying touchdown over Norman. So it's like as much as people kill Odell for that game, I'm the person on the other side of that that says, yeah, yeah, you know what? He got suspended. He shouldn't have tried to concuss this guy, Norman, whatever the case may be. But in that same game, are we not going to talk about the fact that he showed the hell up during a Giants comeback and put the team on his back? We're not going to talk about that? That's only focus nah, they, on the they forget that. They forget that. <laughs> That's beyond me, Greg. We got to talk about it because those are the events that happened. We can't. We just can't. We can't pick and choose what fits. Nah, we gotta talk about the whole thing. He played like crap, lost his mind, and still made a hell of a play. They want to talk about the fact that has he hit a, a net with his helmet? NFL players have emotional outbursts week in and week out. But because it's Odell, we gotta spend time talking about the fact that he's such a bad teammate because he hit a net. Not now, players can't they, they they can't hit nets. They can't be upset. Greg, what? What's going on? I mean, can you imagine if we actually focused on every skirmish, uh, every Fact. time a player slammed the helmet in the NFL, bro? It happens. It happens multiple times a game, every game, especially with the, with the in the trenches. Them guys poking at each other all game. Yo. Can we, you, you brought up Tom Brady earlier. If you just put a solo camera on Tom Brady on the bench for an entire game, especially a game that he's losing, it's much worse than anything Odell has ever done in his career. Facts or not? <laughs> oh, absolutely. But they don't want to talk about that because, you know, Brady's the GOAT. Oh, he has championships. So all that other stuff is absolved. So, he, so, so what you say to me, Greg, is playing devil's advocate here, is that a player is not allowed to have outbursts unless he wins games. He's not allowed to be emotional. He's supposed to be a drone that that's a robot that's placed with software via Madden. He can't do anything but what the what the people who watch TV want him to do. That's what you're saying. That is exactly what I'm saying. That's mm -hmm. what it is. I don't like that. I don't either. I mean, let's let's, let's look at some of the players over the course of time even just call it the last decade you know some of the more outspoken players all right perfect example hollywood brown speaks out mm. they start trashing him like hollywood brown is your best receiver why is he only targeted twice and the fans immediately start trashing him about how he's lucky to be in baltimore what it's crazy right that's crazy but let, let, let but let hollywood brown have been hollywood brown quarterback and he's demanding better performance from his receivers 
that's okay. The quarterback is supposed to be the leader. You know what I mean? Like, like come on. Mm-hmm. Like, the most protected position. Like you said, 30 year old tropes. Yeah. They need to die. They need to die. Professional, matter of fact, any athlete, you could play street football, street basketball. When an athlete gets frustrated, he has every right to speak his mind on what is actually frustrating him. It's, it's not the right of the viewer or some bozo former player to say he shouldn't do that. Because there's no former player alive who's on TV who's now a talking head who didn't have moments where they got beside themselves on a sideline or, or in their small town media that we never heard the clip because there, there wasn't what it was today. Like, come on now. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, the wide receiver waited however many was it, eight, eight games, however long, however many games the, the Ravens have played before he finally voiced his frustrations. And when did he voice his frustrations? When the team lost another game against elite competition at the crib. He didn't, he didn't complain after week one or week two. He waited until halfway through the season where a team that's supposed to be a Super Bowl contender lost another game at home against a fellow Super Bowl contender. And he felt like enough was enough. Why is this a problem, Greg? They want this cookie cutter notion of, of these athletes that are supposed to just walk around with their, their back straight. Not They're not supposed to show emotions. You know, it, it's not realistic. And that's part of the problem, you know. They want the problem is they want their athletes to act how they want them to act instead of realizing that these athletes are individuals. Right. And they play with a passion that you may not play with or you may not understand. Like, how can a sports fan be okay with NBA players being super expressive, but then turn around and get mad at NFL players for being super expressive? It's the same premise. Athlete <laughs> expressing himself. What the fuck? Like, I'm about to curse. <laughs> like, sorry, listeners. I'm, I, I told y'all I'm cleaning the show up. But th- this this idea of hypocrisy, it's, it's a peeve of mine in real life. Not in podcast life, in real life. I don't like hypocrites. Stand on your square. One thing has to be the same across the board. As Greg said earlier, you have to keep the same energy. And what kills me, right, is they will talk bad about Odell, right? We're going back to the Giants here. They'll talk bad about Odell and how they needed to get him out of town and he was a problem. Only turn around to turn around and then defend the absolute mediocrity that is Daniel Jones. Yo! Daniel Jones is one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL. I posted something <laughs> last night about the backup quarterback quadratic equation. That yeah, I saw that. For every good play, you have a bad play to negate the good. So, and this is there's, there's Giants fans out here who are determined to highlight the good. They'll even do things like find specific stats to highlight the good. Like I'm a pro at this. I know how to find numbers to support an argument. I know how to find numbers to boost an argument against another person. We know how to play that game. Exactly. We, we, we passed that. But the fact remains is when you watch Daniel Jones play, this kid is not a good NFL quarterback. He is the career backup in the making, which means that whether it's play to play or week to week, one week, he'll be like, yo, 300 yards, hell of a game. And then the next week, 150, four interceptions. That is his career archetype. Just just last night, we we saw the game. He threw a dime, ironically, to Golden Tate, only to then miss Deion Lewis in the end zone. He threw a bad ball. People wanted to cry about uh, DPI. I'm not calling DPI when he threw the ball behind him in the flats. How do you miss that throw? But and, and this is the problem. Like when you talk about Daniel Jones and these apologists who will talk about Odell badly, boost up Eli Manning late in his career, and say Daniel Jones is worth the time. How can you celebrate that when he can't even hit 
open receivers. You know how many times I've seen him miss guys where his underthrow, thrown behind, overthrow. He's say, but look at his accuracy within this range. It's like a 10 to 15 <laughs> yards, he's super accurate. I don't give a damn because when we need him to get that ball vertical down the field consistently, not, don't show me one play. When, when we need it to be consistent, hit him, hit him, hit him, hit him. He does not do that. He's not good. And then we didn't the random fumble. He can't feel front side pressure yet. I, essentially, he's been a career starter. I think Eli started a couple of games and then he took over. This man is, is basically been starting his whole NFL career. And he can't feel pressure in his face. He can't feel pressure behind him. What like like what are we talking about here, Greg? Well, first of all, on the game last night, Daniel Slayton uh should have had about 150 yards and three TDs last night. But Daniel Jones missed him wide open on several occasions or didn't hit him in stride uh, or, or bad ball placement. Daniel Jones is essentially Ryan Fitzpatrick 2.0. That's what we're seeing. Dog. You, then, the thing is, not to cut you off, I'm going to let you get it right back. But you said you, you brought up those facts, but then Giants fans will rush to YouTube to show you the highlight of him throwing the ball to Golden Tate for, for the potential tie-in touchdown. And I hate that. So and then it's the worst because when you point out the facts, the, the first thing they do is, well, he did this good. It doesn't matter when you have a guy who has more turnovers in his first 20 games than two of the worst quarterback busts in entire NFL history in Jamarcus Russell right. and Ryan Leaf. He is not the answer. I right, so Let me let me let me simplify it for the people with common sense. Right. Greg, you're taking a test. The test has 10 questions, right? You get seven of the 10 questions right. No matter how hard the question is, each question is worth 10 points. You got the hardest question right, but you still got three wrong. Your grade is a C, right? Yep. So does that, does that not make Daniel Jones a C player? So what if he threw a good ball? He still averaged 70% out of 100. He's a C player. Like that that's basically what we're trying to tell people. You he could have gotten the one question that was the hardest question on a test right. But if each question is ranked at 10 points per question, it doesn't matter that he got that one right. He was not 90%, he wasn't 80%, he only got 7 out of 10 right. Regardless of however many questions it is. It the fact remains is he's a C-level player with A-level moments. The Giants do not need that especially when you draft at the sixth spot of the first round c-level player with eight moments is a third round quarterback okay not a first round top 10 quarterback tell me about it man and then then when you even strip the numbers away even further and you look at the fact that three of his wins have come against the washington football team come on, right man. and it daniel jones struggles against good to above average defenses he'll he, he'll do well against a bad defense but you throw any type, even last night, even when he had time, he still made poor decisions. And why do we don't talk about that more? They'll, they'll gloss off, okay, he's young. No, it's bad choices over and over and over and over again. But yet, they will make all the excuses in the world as to why he needs another chance. Oh, he's young, he's this, he's that, but Odell was the cancer. Bro, why, why was Odell a lot of those excuses playing with a quarterback who was poor? Oh, like, I think there was, like, all the numbers supported that Eli was one of the worst quarterbacks in the league, and Odell got frustrated with it. And the only reason he went to the media was because people in the Giants' offices, not the media, not his teammates, 
people in the Giants offices, i.e. ownership and the, 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 the allegedly racist GM, were trying to place a lot of the blame for the Giants issues on Odell Beckham. So now my question to you, Greg, and to the Giants fans and that faction who loves to blame Odell. Odell's gone. It's been two seasons. Who's the fault then? Who are you going to blame now? It can't be Odell. Who's at fault? You, you, you got to stop pointing the finger at a receiver who's been gone for two seasons. So who are we blaming, Giants fans? Greg, who are we bl- I'll ask you to legitimately answer the question because those Giants fans won't answer. So I'll ask you, who's at fault for the Giants being piss poor still? Oh, uh, it's, it's Dave Gettleman at, at the forefront. Um, Facts. Definitely. I think he has to take a lot of the blame because he just has not built a, a good football team since he's been here. Mm, talk about it. And the irony yeah. is, again, full circle. You say a player is a bad teammate. You say a player is a cancer. You say a player is selfish. Yet none of his peers in both locations support this. At least with T.O., you had teammates who were actually speaking out against him. Odell has none of that on his record. But because one player, Eli, who was sorry, and let's call it what it is, Eli has an ego too. And of course, the ego of an athlete says, if someone calls me sorry, I'm going to feel away. I'm going to get my feelings. Of course, he gives some smoke to, to Odell. But let's say 98% of Odell's teammates, you could even go back to LSU. You cannot find one teammate that says Odell was a bad guy in the locker room, a selfish player, point blank, period. Who are these giant fans to push this narrative? How? Make it make sense, people. I mean, and then you even got to look at more hypocrisy from the fans, right? Because the media asked him the question and he answered it honestly. Then the fans had a problem with it. But then when he gives the company line answer they still have a problem with it because he's not being real so what is it they really want from him they want him to say i'll do better don't say the quarterback is bad he, he was supposed to say you know what i love playing for the giants it's a tough time right now guys but i promise you we'll get it back that's what they wanted to hear you know what i'm saying that's why celtic fans just to bring this up and it's not about any particular person it's just that's why celtic fans are still upset with Kyrie. Because he said what they wanted him to say, and when he left, they still can't get over it. You can't, you can't please fans. No, you can't. And, and to a point, you know, we both made earlier, the the fans want what the point you made. Fans want what they want when they want it, hmm. and when they don't get it, they complain instead of actually looking at things objectively from a player's perspective. You mean facts? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not, Greg. What do you mean? But Greg, I think I think we can stop here because I already know people are going to be upset with this episode. That segment of Giants fans, they're not going to want to hear it. They hate him. They love Eli. They love Gettleman. They they, they love Danny Dimes. They don't they don't want to realize that Eli. How did he get that stupid nickname anyway? I don't know. Eli, <laughs> Danny Dimes, and Gettleman are the reason why the Giants have been sorry each and every year for at least three to four years since they made the playoffs with that infamous boat trip. The Giants have been sorry. Oh, by the way, Giants fans, and one final salvo. When they beat the Cowboys in that Sunday night game, that that where they almost won the division, you know who scored the only touchdown for the Giants in that game on a quick slant? Odell Beckham. Thank you. Uh, Greg, before you go, I need you to, you know, identify yourself. Identify Let the people know where they can find the you on social media, uh, on Facebook, Instagram, wherever you at. If they want more takes from Greg, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me uh, in the Sports Hit List, uh, Greg Polius, Facebook, uh, also part of the Sports Hit List group. Okay, feel free to reach out. 
you know, always a pleasure, Ray. You already know. Shout out to shout out to your fish tank, bro. <laughs> always shout out to the fish tank with views from up top. Yes, sir. Greg, until next time, bro. Until next time. Ladies and gentlemen, another successful episode of the Great Area is in the books. Odell Beckham is my guy. He's not a perfect player, but he doesn't deserve the criticism he gets. And I'm going to stand on that until it's proven to be 125% correct. And as the saying goes, whether you like it or don't like it, sit down and look at it because it's the best going today. Woo! Perfect. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.